Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to get right into it today. Welcome to episode 129B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. And we have a special guest in studio today, backed by popular demand. This particular guest scored 92 goals in a three-year junior stint in Hamilton playing for the Red Wings of the OHA before being drafted 44th overall in the 1972 NHL entry draft. He'd go on to play five seasons of pro hockey, highlighted by a 13-goal rookie campaign in the WHA, which included a league-record six shorthanders. He'd finish his pro career with 287 points in 300 games played, and use hockey as a springboard to an education degree as well as a short but successful coaching career, which culminated with an Atlantic championship in 1986 with the Mount Pearl Junior B Blades. These days, you can find him hanging out at various local soccer fields, watching his granddaughter, who's coming into her own as an athlete, having just recently been chosen for the provincial soccer team. He is the old man with a killer tan. A good guy who could really fly. He studied Edgar Degas and partied in Las Vegas. He's an interesting creature and was a hell of a teacher. 
He likes his beer cold and is 70 years old. Folks, the Beatles had a hit with I Feel Fine, and please welcome to the show, it's Terry Ryan. Thank you so much for that <laughs> over-the-top introduction, son. Senior, and it's that Degas, is. by the way, not Degas, but I know why you were doing it. Is it Degas? Yeah, well, it's Edward Degas, yeah. I didn't know. So I read that name, and it's yeah, one of those names. No, he's French Impressionist, but that's okay. It was poetic license. It rhymed with Vegas, so you get away with it. Ah, surprised you even knew. I knew you'd know who I was talking about. Yeah, of course. So that's funny. I studied him doing a folklore my, course, my, and I didn't know till right now. Uh, my favorite, I love art, even though I, I can only draw a stick man. A stick man or stick man or stick people. Yeah, I'm horrible, too. Uh, my, I love art, and my favorite group are the Impressionists. Or my favorite really? group is the Impressionists. So the Impressionists would be, I'm getting that mixed up. So the impression, you well, mean? Well, Monet, Manet, Pizarro, uh, Degas. Uh, what does Impressionist mean? You're, you're uh, drawing a picture of something that's there. You're they, doing an impression they, of something you that's do, there. You do an impression. They got the, um, the name Impressionist came from Monet, and he drew a very famous scene about a boat is going out uh, from a harbor, and there's um, a red sun in the background. In the in the in the background, that setting, and the name of the painting was Impression Sunrise. So they were mocked when they first came out because the the normal painting was Rubens and Rembrandt and yeah. just you know uh, figures standing up, whatever. But the Impressionists wanted to get things around them, like they love painting in in the en plein air, which means outdoors. And uh, they they were mocked in Paris the, at the what they called the the salon, where all the big painters were exhibited. And they uh, didn't sell shit. And they were mocked and laughed at until about 20 years later. Uh, I'm sure, if, you know, they uh, they were the ones doing the laughing. And certainly when they passed away and they're, Although uh, most of them became wealthy during their lifetime. Some didn't. Some died and never quite, but guys like uh, Manet and Monet, they were quite wealthy when, when uh, and then of course after them, post-impressionists was Van Gogh and whatever. I was going to ask. So yeah. Van Gogh wouldn't have Rice, been an impressionist. No, no, he wasn't an impressionist. I would have thought so, given what I know, but just the, the, the term, how it started, I would have thought that some of his paintings matched. Uh, they And they did, but, but Van Gogh is not considered an impressionist. See, Van Gogh died in around, I think, 1891. The, the impressionists uh, went were sort of painting then, obviously, but he was not part of that early group that started Did he make money van gogh no he, he sold it was when he in died. his lifetime he sold one uh wow. and his 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 brother theo was an art dealer in paris and uh the sad thing about van gogh other than he was obviously today be you know bipolar schizoid well i don't know but there's some something wrong uh, but they were extremely close uh, and Theo really loved them. There was only two of them. And Van Gogh would send, Theo was taking care of him. He, uh, Van Gogh would be painting and Theo would be you know, pay, paying all the costs. And Van Gogh would send him paintings in Paris and Theo would put them in the back room and tell him how well he's doing. And one day Van Gogh visited Theo unexpectedly 
and saw all his paintings and it cut him to the core, he knew that Theo then wow. had been lying. Yeah. And the, the strange part, I, I guess it's strange. Van Gogh died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound and Theo died six months later. And a lot of people say it was of a broken heart. It wasn't suicide. He just dropped dead six months later. And wasn't Van Gogh the artist who cut off his ear and yes. sent it to a girl? Yes. For a prostitute. Give, it was, uh, and, and That's what was true. it? Was he in love with her? Or, I mean, yeah. he must have been. Yeah, right? he That's was. There was obviously had issues, you know, and in and out of a mental asylum. But he had uh, Gauguin, who was obviously one of the greatest artists, too, you know, selling paintings for hundreds of millions of dollars. He wanted to start an art colony. And Gauguin went, I'm trying to figure out where it was. It was in, uh, wasn't in Paris. It was Sorry. a small place outside. And he had an argument. And he got, he actually went after Gauguin with a straight razor. And Gauguin left. He said, I've had enough. And he ended up in Tahiti. But, um, in a fit of passion, whatever, he, uh, yeah, he sliced his, it wasn't the whole ear, it was the bottom lobe. And he sent it. And he gave it to her, presented it to her in a, like a serviette or whatever, a handkerchief. Wow. And she was appalled. And of course, and the word got out. And in his day, they mocked him. The kids used to yell stuff at him. And no. it was a sad life. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I knew. To use the word tragic would be yeah, yeah. not over the top. I knew that it was after he died that he became most popular, but I didn't realize it was so tragic. I mean, I could have figured it out. Now, listen, but knowing the story of cutting off his head yes. or something. Yeah. I think he was um, only like But 36. the song, now let's, if, if we're going to talk about that, and we'll move on yeah. now because there's people that Starry don't Night to was the name of so his. Starry, Starry yes. Night is a yeah. song by uh, Don McLean. And that's named after a painting. Now, people would know Don McLean from Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Yes. American Pie is the name and of the song. And Vincent. And without getting into it, that's they're both brilliantly written. But it's funny because one of the that I didn't plan to talk about that. One of the so anyway, before I before I move on because we will, yeah. Um, really check that out. I often come on and I recommend some music. Starry Starry Night is that the name of it? Or yeah, Star, Starry Night. I think the name, but it's Starry Night, not Starry Starry. Starry Night, Night. but it may be Starry Starry. Brackets Night. Vincent. But maybe? It's, it's it. That was uh, that was. An, one of Van yeah. Gogh's painting all paintings. So, so all Tom McLean is a song, yeah, Starry Night or or maybe Vincent. I think the name of it is Vincent Senior. In any case, you'll know what we're talking well, about. Go Vincent check it out. It's in, in the yeah. song, but the song when he says Starry Starry Night, that's also the name of a painting. Yeah, that's it's okay. brilliantly used. It's a, it's a absolutely so. Check that out. Just trust me on it. Check out that song. Check out the artist Don McLean. It wasn't. I mean, American Pie almost. If it was movies, what would you call it? Typecast or what? American Pie is so well renowned that you forget that he had a bunch of other songs, yes. and he's a brilliant singer songwriter. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so moving on, my first question for you: You're into music. What hits you first, the lyrics or the music? Because in that case, With for me, me, it's music. But in that case, it would have been the lyrics. Uh, but music I, I always. Think most me. of the time with me, it is music. Is it? And in that case, also. Uh, and also in the in the case of uh, American Pie, it's the words immediately because they grab you. You know, you don't have to wait for a chorus. It's it's a narrative. Both are a narrative. They're, they're, it, it's not like, you know, I saw her standing there, which is like yeah, yeah, immediate. I know. Most it, songs. This is a story. It catches you right away. 
and and uh, and and with both of them. And Don McLean got a lot of songs like that that he he writes their stories or narratives. So for those that don't know, we won't get into every verse, but the the song American Pie is is about the history of rock and roll up to that point. It's not just the chorus, people, because the chorus, the song. The, the plane that Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, the Big Bopper went down on was called the American Pie, okay? Yes, and a lot of people don't know that. that a lot of people found now, that out recently. When, yeah, a, a lot of people don't realize that. So, But the people that do, they, they forget the rest of the song, the verses, because yes. they just listen to the chorus and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. the day the music died. Yeah. But really, if you listen, it's about, John, this was written in about 1971 or 72. Yeah. And, you know, everything from he wasn't a big Stones fan, Moss grows fat on a rolling stone. Uh, I talked about the uh, jumping over the candlestick. Jump right? ja- jumping Jack Flash. That's yeah, it's the, jumping. That's Mick Jagger. He didn't like Mick Jagger. At the time, they, obviously, Kelter, music evolved. Skelter in the summer swelter. It's the, the Beatles. The, yeah, the, uh, the, the jester on the sidelines in a cast. That's Bob Dylan because he'd been in a motorcycle the birds accident. flew off to a fallout shelter. Yeah, the birds, the, the, the eight the miles jest- high. and fall- the to the jester and the sidelines in a cast. That's the yeah. jester was Bob while Dillon. while the king was looking down Elvis. The uh, the jester stole his stony yeah, crown. Is when, when in the mid sixties when when Dylan Mania came yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So without getting when into it, the marching it, band refused to yield. Yeah. Uh, the players tried to take the field. The marching band that Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band reference to the Beatles taking it away from Dylan. Yeah, it's brilliant. Back. It's a brilliant song on so many levels. Yes. And uh, anyway, check those out. Yeah. So it's music for you. Okay. Um, you know, I get this question all the time from people that write in. And I'm, I'm going to have you answer it and try to do it, say, inside of five minutes. Because you could go a thousand different directions. And knowing me, I could go two days. Two day- If I could go two <laughs> days. Because I wouldn't know what to pinpoint it by. This, for example, Terry, why were the Beatles so good? Uh, it's just... It's a tough... I was uh, recently saw an interview with Billy Joel on YouTube, and he said neither of them were spectacular musicians. They were good musicians, he said. McCartney said is, yes. is very good, but he said... And he said, George wasn't into the Van Halen. He played what the song needed, and he was... Really good at it. Yeah. But was he except an exceptional guitarist? Probably not. But he said they melt, they they joined, uh, they were joined at the hip. They it was one of those he said, You'll never see it again. There'll never be another Beatles. They're the greatest ever. They'll always be the greatest ever. And he said, uh, it's just fate. On a number of levels. I know, but and, listen, and, but listen. Well, you just all you've said so far is that they weren't really that good. That no, a fate. No, I, 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 I know, but you, no, I know. But as a, but you haven't answered why are the Beatles so good? I know what you're saying. Why you, are they so good? Or the answer is the, the question is Terry. No, why I, are the Beatles so I, good? I would say I, I don't would say think it's definable though. I think it's subjective. Why are they so is. good? I don't okay, know because I will I will take a shot without. Okay, so you went one way. I don't know which way that yeah. was. I would say they transcended rock and roll and music altogether. Uh, they encouraged writing their own songs. A lot of people before yeah. them didn't write their own songs. But it had to come from their, their environment, too. Why did they play the songs that I know, they but, did? I know, but Liverpool, if, if someone North. asked me, if I had to write on a test, here you've you, here's, you got five lines. Why are the Beatles so good? I, I, I know what you're saying, that Billy Joel might have respect, because I'm getting what you're saying is that the sum of the parts is, better, is more... 
Yes, then I what, think what, it is. Now, I love McCartney and Lennon. You're saying they work well as a the, team. The, the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of, yes. of the parts. Yes, that's what I meant. Each individual part. But you know, so they were the first to play in a stadium. People don't don't people forget that Elvis would play in gymnasiums, yes. small little venues. Shea um, Stadium was the a Beatles very literally first, like big concert. Yeah, and they played at Shea Stadium where the New York Mets play. It's huge. Like they were, they've no one was even playing stadiums or, or sorry like hockey arenas yet this yeah. is shea stadium yeah. this holds like fifty thousand people and not only that they stopped after that because they couldn't hear themselves playing when the beatles went into the studio so a think about how much money they gave up right yeah. a lot of their a lot of their second half of their careers they own their own label they didn't even release those songs as singles right so the beatles one is a great album but those are only the songs that went to number one there's all kinds that were written and they didn't i guess they stopped caring about money yeah, money certainly. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't right? a motivator. No, it wasn't a motivator. It, it, well, put it this way. Sid Bernstein, who was a big, big promoter, I think who may even have promoted the Shea Stadium concert in New York, he offered them at the time. Yeah, I remember that. $50 million, which today would be, well, if you're talking 1970, we'll say, that's 50 years ago. I'm assuming... It's at least five times that in today's, in a time in today's where it wasn't, currency. In, in so a, that's a quarter of a billion dollars. And they said no. Yeah. Because it's never about money. And no, no, it wasn't. And it, I, I, I touch on this sometimes, and I knew this question would get out of control. But the other thing, to me, again, for, uh, you lived it. So maybe you take some of it for granted. But when I look back and like study it, Everything from growing their hair, styles like they, yeah, it they transcended the rock and roll every, they, in every way. In every way, they, yes. Woodstock really was around. I want to say directly because of the Beatles, but a huge. It definitely wouldn't have happened if the Beatles didn't come and do what they did, and the world went Technicolor, and you know they turned the world onto drugs, whether yes. it's good or bad. Yeah, uh, you know. So, but you know, Woodstock happened. They weren't even there. Their fingerprints were all over it, and and you know. For everything from the songs, the songwriting, and when you when you look back on that Woodstock, the biggest musical event in the history of the planet, and the Beatles weren't there and created it, <laughs> right? The it's whole so movement. ironic. Yeah, and at least the Stones got to play at Altamont, which was yeah. another really big one. The Beatles had nothing like that, other than I guess Shea Stadium, but. Yeah, that doesn't compare with Altamont and, or Woodstock. It's not. The and same. when they went in the studio after they, because you know their early stuff, I really like it, and it's the best of the boy band stuff. But it's kind of boy band, right? Like it, it it's, is. It's their, it's their instrument. I'm not a great lover of their early no, stuff. It's, it, it, but of of that era's boy band stuff, it's 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 great. But well, it was breaking all the boundaries. Yeah. No one else was playing. But please that. please me and like twist and shout and I want to hold your hand are way different than Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, yes. or. Uh, Oh God! They had two two careers, really. Really, two when, careers. when they when the dope hit them, and it started with basically Rubber Soul. They started to change on Rubber Soul, and Damn. then you got into Revolver. What do they have? Nine and, albums. And then Sorry. John wanted. Well, what? How do you want to play uh, that? Well, I want you to hang me from the ceiling in a body bag and spin me around. Play it so backwards. That, so that I uh, I, I want to be like a a a, a Dalai Lama. In Nepal, I want that. And of course, George Martin had to deal with this. Uh, you know, John, well, what they John were doing would come in and say to George Martin, he said, "George, I want it to sound like an orange." 
And Martin, that's all he'd say and walk away. And Martin had to deal with this. Yes, yes. Mr. Yes. Lennon was totally gone, you know, but. You know. But uh, to, what I take from all that is, see, when they went into the studio, so not only were they becoming the best versions of themselves when it came to creativity, right? But it was all the influence. So remember Jason Momoa, love love J-Mo, but he would go, yeah, I, I hate the Beatles, but I love Led Zeppelin. I'm like, well, I, I don't, and Pink Floyd. I'm like, well, if you really, really like what they're bringing to the table, it wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for the Beatles, or no. even if you like the Stones, and I love, love the Stones. But the Stones were like six months behind. <laughs> really, am I wrong? Well, the Stones asked, I love them for asked the Beatles to write them a song. The, yeah. the one that broke the Stones, I want to be, I want to be your man. Mm. The, the the Beatles wrote that. McCartney went over in a corner at the they used to be at a big bar in in London called the Speakeasy, where the stars used to go to the Marquee Club, the Speakeasy, and of course all the musical celebrities and Jagger. They hadn't broken yet, so he said, "Paul, he said, do you mind?" He's, McCartney said he went over in the corner, wrote that, and said, "Here, here's your song. I'm I want to be and, your man." Yeah, and that's uh, the one that got him on the radio. I, I do. Yeah, it I just. By the hit, way, I just. But it got him on the radio. I took out the Stones. I just went through. By the way, see, I love the Beatles first, but I love the Stones as well. Their albums, scenery. I just went right through the list. No, I, I, <laughs> oh I gotta yeah. Say their top songs. My favorite of the seventies Stones. What's your favorite Stone song? Mine, easy. Okay. I'm going to give you two. I don't. I don't know for different reasons. It's it's hard for me. Symphony of the Devil. It's hard to get over that. I love that. I that's, thought it was. That's my favorite. Okay, is it? Yeah. That's and, and, and it's a masterpiece too. Yeah. And once again, that's something like the Beatles would write because it's got a narrative. Yeah. Most and Stone songs don't have a narrative. That's why. Like the, I, I would never. Like the, the Beatles opened the door, but you know they were creative in their own right. And uh, I like Beast of Burden, but for different that's, reasons. Yeah. I, that's well written too. I really yeah. like it. Yeah. I but really like to that. me. Beast of Burden is a really, really good song. Symphony for, uh, for the Devil is one of the like one of my favorite rock songs ever. Yeah, that's my that's by far and away my favorite by them. Um, and the Stones. I mean, can you believe they're still going? Uh, John Tavares, senior, is he a Hall of Famer? Four hundredth goal the other night, and someone asked me that, and I said, I, he's right there. I, I guess probably he, I yes. Think he in was on his terms. way. Like if it ended right under, now, I think he's totally overshadowed now in Toronto. Yeah, and he accepts that. Yeah, and I think he's comfortable in that role. Mm. I don't think he is. He Four, hasn't won, never won a cup. Four hundred. Yeah, that's not good. And I don't. Well, I don't know. The NHL to me has got the least standards of anyone. I mean, to get into baseball, you you gotta. You know, I mean, baseball. Well, baseball the got their own so problems. Higher. <laughs> baseball got their own problems though when it comes to the Hall of Fame. We won't get into that again. Yeah, they do, but. Uh, I don't know. There's been a lot of guys around. I mean, is is Dave Andre Chuck in the, in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. 650 goals or 700? I don't know if he is. I you guess know, we the, could just the, look the, it up. The obvious ones are obvious, but uh, it's like anything else. Well, of you know, he went first overall. I think yeah. he's delivered. He has a point of game almost every year, I would think. There, let's look it up. Let's point of game, up. I don't think, though, is Hall of Fame. I think he's a really, really good player. But is it if you do it your points a year? Is that a Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Oh, with the odd year of a hundred. Hold okay, on, let's the see what odd he got. Good enough. <laughs> True. The odd year he doesn't get on one hundred. To me, four hundred goals. No. Nick, that's knocking on the door. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So let's see. 
Let's see, senior. John Tavares, 967 games played, 913, 913 points, 400 goals, 500 assists. So 513 assists. Now, yeah, it's borderline. But who from his era would be then? It was Kerry Price a Hall of Famer? Uh, that's a real good. Yeah. You know, you, a, well, that's why my well, two. Well, you look, he was on his, but the last four or five years, he's been. But he did. He did take them to the cup. <laughs> you forget that. Like, he has never won a cup. I know. But did, did they have you know, any that's business? That's a hard decision that they'd make. But, and I love Kerry Price. I mean, he played for the junior team you played for. He's from BC where we, we lived for two years and love. Senior. But I, I, I got to hesitate. I just got to hesitate. Now, was he w much better than B Billy? Uh, oh, God, I'm having that. With the Islanders, Billy Smith. Billy Smith. I think he's way better. But Smith got four cups. Yeah. And Smith got MVPs in the final. But at some point, Smith also played in the league with 21 teams as opposed to 32 as another third of the league in. You know, at some point, as we add teams and we keep adding teams, cups yes. can't be a measure. Yes. Right now, Patrick Moon, he got well, three cups in a row. Would you take him? Patrick, he got one with St. Louis and then two with Tampa Bay. Who? Boom, boom, boom. Who? Patrick Maroon. Yeah, but no, yeah. with the cups, got to go points. I know, got to go. Yeah, so it's know. tough to get both today. You know, if judging by what has happened, I think Price is on his way, but I think it's going to be close if he is. He's got not. an Olympic. That's that's big, and it is big. It's something. It's something. He's got, but, what, two Vezinas? Three, maybe? I don't know, and I love Kerry Price, but he's not a slam dunk, I don't think. No, he's not. I don't think you could slam dunk it. That's got to But now it's open for debate. You would, have to, gotta, you would have to, even though it's not a cup, you would have to take your conference championship. They won the conference, and they snuck in on the last day, and he was a huge reason. If absolutely, he didn't play. but I don't think he's a slam dunk. He was on his way to a slam dunk, but, I mean, he— Really, he hasn't played in yeah. really Carey Price in what, four years? Well, outside of that cup run. But even the cup run, he didn't play all that year, no. No, and, you know, it's, I mean, that's why. But, I mean. Chris Letang. Pretty good numbers, but three cups. Three cups. And to me, because he's got the numbers, too, I would put Chris Letang in. Okay, so three of cups the three that we've mentioned. But he's got the numbers, too. Oh, yeah. three. I think three, and, you, and you're good, and you got the numbers. That's a slam dunk. Three. So you figure of those three players, I'm, I'm not questioning you here. I'm just, yeah, I would, so just to I, be sure, I, I of Tavares, John Tavares, Kerry yeah. Price, Chris Letang, you think for sure the first one is Chris Letang. You got to take him, the other two. I maybe. would. I would, even though he's probably the, 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 the least of the three, the least good of the three, but. He's got cups to go with that. With the numbers, cups got to factor in, or, or else why have them? <laughs> why have them? Like yeah, like, like championships, you know, uh, in, in baseball, they got to factor in. Hey, you 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 make a good argument. Um, so we talked about a bit about this earlier. I think I know your answer, but are the New Jersey Devils going to be a threat in the playoffs? You say no. They're leading the whole well, I league. I think it's smoke and mirrors. I'm waiting. I keep waiting. What's well, 15 games in? <laughs> I keep waiting for them to lose six in a row, win three, lose six. No, I think it's smoke and mirrors. Uh, I'm not sold on their goaltending. Uh, everything is clicking now. Having said that, they've had the number one pick overall for seven years in a row or whatever, you know, tanking and whatever. But no, I, I 
they're so far ahead. They got off to such a good start that could that could enable them to make the playoffs. Hey. But I'm not sold they're going to make the playoffs. Our boy Jack Hughes, 19 and 17 now. Remember, we, you were kind of down on him for a little bit, but he's he's proven himself now. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is a is a he's a good NHLer. Uh, to me, he's just too small. He's not going to be. Uh, He's not going to be dominant. I just don't see it. He's just too small. Now, I might... Okay, fair. I think... And it's different. Like, Theron Fleury was small. The thing with Theron Fleury is he'd spear your eye out, so he didn't go near Theron Fleury. I've seen him play. He's pushed off the puck. Great talent. Well, Great I know, but he, he has been, but now he's 20. Yeah. Right? It's third year in the league, and he's. it seems to me like this is his coming out. Part. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not, so, I'm not just not sold on him yet. Uh, and our boy Mercer looks pretty good again, too. He's uh, four goals, four assists, but I've watched most of their games. No, but he's a different uh, – he's not going to get you 100 points, but Dawson is uh, – Smart, and he's, he's penalty and he, killing he's now. He's big and strong, and he, not that he's physical. Smart. But he's, he's smart. not going to be run through the boards. He's big and strong enough to take it, whereas I think, for example, if the playoff happens and you're in the semis and you know everything changes in the playoffs – Everything changes in the semis, and everything changes again in the finals. That's when two-handers come out, and I'm trying to put you out. I just don't think he's going to hold up. I think he'll be targeted, and that and you, that's it. No, fair enough. Uh, you said that. Remember, I remember you said that in uh, guy in Montreal. I'm not saying you're. I'm, I'm. I'm not agreeing with you. I could totally see if that happens. Um, I guess I don't. I'm, I'm impartial, but in Montreal, remember Benoit Brunet? Yes, you said that when I first got drafted there. You were like, you know, the way he plays, though, and he was. He was he's saying that he wasn't scared, but it just seemed like every time he got hit, he'd get hurt. And he went to those areas, but it's like someone needed to say, Benoit, you need to get a little bit bigger, right? He was in my dressing room. That was in the days, senior. You guys didn't have any working out. No, we had where we were all on the Our same. Our working program. out was, and it's literally true. Now I was never one that allowed myself to go out of shape. Not that yeah. we weren't, there was no such thing. You didn't go to gyms and work out in my day, but I played baseball and I just, I was an athlete, but we had lots of guys that in the summer, that's drinking time, that's boating time, that's out on the lake time. And if everybody and you, does you'd it. You'd use your exhibition games two weeks in, yeah. in, or three weeks in camp to get yourself in shape. And it worked out for most of the time. The guys worked hard. They worked hard in camp and they knew they were there. What to do? Uh, no, I agree. It was different. So three generations. Your generations was, was your generation. That was the approach. Mine, we knew what was like it was. It wasn't as specific as now, but people think there was no training. There was lots of training. I had to go in the summers. I could kind yeah, of pick yeah, wherever. Yeah. I remember we went to Sweden a couple times. But anyway, wherever we went, there was training. It's just... It wasn't as specific. So, like, I might be doing the same program as Valerie Burry, which wasn't wouldn't make much sense now because there's so, you know, Valerie would probably be working more on his upper body. I would be, you know, practicing my core, my, my plyometrics. I kind of fell into this over time, and now especially with Ryan Power, there's a shout-out Ryan now Power. Now they're doing cardio at the end of the game. They're, they're the riding end. the bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> and, and maintaining. Now it's not about getting big during the year. you gotta, but you got to get big in the – sorry – you got to get toned or whatever it is. You got to reach your physical peak in the off season well, and then maintain it. That's the thing. But they're now. making the money is so big that if you don't and you're particularly I understand. your third, fourth line, someone is just waiting for that dough for some, and make sense. The, 
the top six are going to be there anyway, usually, unless yeah. they really screw up. But if you're a third, fourth liner, particularly fourth liner, and I'm making, we'll say I'm minimum salary swap, maybe a million a year. Almost a million. I'm making a million a year, and I'm four. And you can't tell me most fourth liners in the NHL, there's not guys in the American League every bit is good. Then it comes down to, does the coach like, yeah. Comes or, down to a lot then. Yeah, uh, you, gotta... you know, it's not based in on production, really. <laughs> and if you're not, it doesn't take much for someone to come in. A new coach gets fired. Guy comes in, you're gone, and his buddy comes up. That's the way it works. That's life. That's life. No, uh, I honestly, we've both played the game. We've both seen it. I don't think that part will ever change. The, for me, I, I don't know what you saw. What I saw is that the superstars are superstars. Absolutely. The stars, there's, there's, and there's people play, like, would, would Lanks, Darcy Tucker, would they have been stars? I don't know. They had a point a game a few times. They were, they were certainly above average. You could kind of tell if they got a chance that would happen, and a bunch of us were in that position. But there was guys, man, I don't want to put anybody down. I won't. But they, Tyson Nash played in Kamloops. He was a, he was a third liner in junior. He made the NHL. He worked so hard. I remember him. He was having those protein shakes, like really getting enough rest. He did everything he could to maximize his potential. If he had been in the American League, he wouldn't have gotten 50 goals or anything. I don't know if he would have gotten 30, but he was just a very reliable third liner, fourth liner. But that's if you're going to yeah. be a third liner, and for example, if you're a centerman and you get 55, if you get 60% of your draws, you're solid. You yeah. know that. Yeah. Like everything is stats, 54% of your draws. You're solid. Means that you're doing yeah. more than more than average. That's what it would take for a centerman and be a good a good skater if you're a centerman, of course. But um, you know, if you're if you're but a if third I'm, if you're a third liner, get and, your ten to fifteen a year, go in the corner, arrive there in in a bad spirit, like Freddie Shiro says, arrive there in a bad spirit and nail a guy, get out, you know, play hard, you're there. That you're doing your job. Totally. It's I I'm not big into analytics okay but they're, they're, again most most times there's a happy medium i can't believe that way back they didn't even keep track of that like when i was playing junior that's not that long ago we would have a guy like on the team that was sitting out maybe do the face-offs but it wasn't a league stat no we didn't that's even huge. have that we just had uh shots, that is huge on goal you know if, if i nothing. imagine if you're center now you really got to, and you're kind of on the fence. You really, really got to work on face-offs. We might have done it three times a year. Oh, yeah. But now I'm guessing that Without it's so specific. They're doing it all if the you're time. You're a centerman. I mean, if you end up with the that's, position. That's puck possession. See, I was. If, if you if you get most draws, that means team, you're giving your team more puck possession. Not only that, I never thought about that stat ever. Oh, okay. Yannick Perot, Tim Kerr. I, I can no, think of guys that I, were. I think it was always a yeah. big, that's a. You know, well, I know, but even I don't in know. my day, you knew, you knew but when it you're wasn't going a out stat. to geez, that guy's so good. On like the, at the on, end of the, the year, draws. I wouldn't have. No, but, but scouts might have known. Yeah. But if I said to Damon Lanko at the end of the year, what were your what was your stats? Oh no, on the no, draw? you never know. You would no. never know. No, no, never know. Um, but so that evolves, right? And now I'm watching the other day, and they made a great point. I forget who it was. It. It had to be but the Toronto or the Edmonton The thing that game. bothers me is they're coming up with new stats Just wait. all the time. I mean, it, you know, no, but wait, there, wait, there wait. are some very important stats, but when they get... What, what I was going to say is that overtime, whoever wins the faceoff in overtime... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Extremely important. It's, yeah. it's like 63%. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. Well, of, of course, I guess. That's, that starts to get real important. But you know where analytics... This is where it gets me, okay? 
So they're talking the other night and they say, well, I don't know. Let's say Dylan Holloway, because he's a young kid that just made Edmonton first rounder a few years ago, yeah. shoots left. I, I really pay attention because I, I do identify with what he's going through. You know, he turned it over a couple times. It's hard when you only get out there four or five minutes. To, Is this a defenseman? A, no, he's a forward. Oh, okay. But they were coming up with these stats and then they started to talk about other stats. And then they were like, well, I think they were talking about Patrick Kane at some point and, you know, time with puck, time with the puck in, yeah. in the offensive zone. Yeah. Now, all this makes sense. But they started to go, well, home games. And then they were like home games coming off a back-to-back. And I'm going, now aren't we getting really yeah, specific? Like if we start to go, yeah. well, Lucic hits better on Tuesdays than Thursdays, it's, what are we talking about? Yeah, it's just, right? I, I could come up with a stat to defend my point till the cows come home. I could sit here. You could tell me, well, Wayne Gretzky had 92 goals. I'd say, well, on Wednesdays that year, he was averaged less than, See, you know, I, I'm so old school. I, I, if I'm picking, <laughs> you just want to I'm, take the best well, player. I'm going, I'm, I'm going by heart and desire. It's got to factor in. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you do this. If you've got no desire, you got no heart and you get into the semis or finals and, oh, wow, he's got the stats and this and that and the other thing, but he can't take rough play. You throw it out the window. You throw it out the window. And a lot of people will say, well, that does show on a stat with hits thrown and shots blocked. But I'm like, that's part of it. But it's not. You know when you're in a fucking room. You know Absolutely. when I can. you can look next to a guy and senior. I don't care if it's senior you know, hockey. You know if the they're NHL. jamming out. You know if they're fucking jamming oh, out. Oh, ball. Yeah, you'd go over. Not, and, you don't say it. I Actually, I've been yeah. where some guys who are maybe dominant guys and tough guys, whatever, say, you know, get your fucking act together man yeah like you went in there and you threw fucking snow i love a good you know, captain and, and that you look way up to those guys that's why i love the good captain that would do that yes because in my mind i could always people talk about slumps uh, honestly the way i always i used to breathe and go because you can't make yourself score i remember no. having five games i thought i played great yeah. with like one assist yes but but I could close my eyes and go, okay, just go out there. Just go, you know, exactly what to do. Hit, hit, hit. If the, if the goalie gets the puck and you're close, spray him, like fall into him. Do something. Yeah. Start a melee. And it does. It changes the momentum. Well, it shows it the guys your on your team. It helps your team. In every way, it right? It does, absolutely. Hockey more so than every other sport. And absolutely. speaking of other sports. But that's emotion, right? That's desire. You're willing to do it. Not everyone will do that. That's why I think guys like Steve Eisenman make – it doesn't always translate into coaching. But when it comes to being a GM – you know that's what they're thinking. Look at the way I'm not going to go into every single GM down the list and who, but look at guys who play and look who they. Steve Eisenman has built those teams in Tampa, and he always had that good mix. And people go, "Well, Tampa is so fast." I'm like, "Yeah, and their D are about six four, six five. Yeah, they're about six three on average last huge, year. They huge. always have grease balls. If you're that they big, always have if grease you're balls. You're that big and you're talented. I mean, yeah, you can say, "Oh well, there's always room for the guy who's five eleven, one eighty five. I if I'm uh, I'm looking for the guy who's six three two twenty five. Yeah. Now okay, but this guy here is going to give you uh, sixty points a year. But this guy six three two twenty five gives me forty five. If you're so that's not so senior, bad. If you're a fucking forward, uh, and you go in absolutely to play somewhere, and you look over, yeah. and there's six D men that are all six four. Yes. I'm going. There's no room to move. That like I'm not knowing that, it's going to be a hard game. When it goes in the corner, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And people don't even talk about that. I'm like, that's big. And when you're looking at the pregame and they're going, well, Absolutely. you know, that's where I find analytics. If you were just to ask the players, they'd be, look, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I don't know which way it's going to bounce, a different, but I'm you, in for a hurt You're game. a big defenseman, but you can obviously, you're not that skilled, but you're big and you can hit. And I'm a fast guy. Then I can attack you because I can think I can get away from you. But if you're big and strong and, 
And and your skills. Z- and, and you're, you're skilled, skilled? Oh, but no, sometimes that... even senior i i played on boats on the big ice overseas maybe you can expose those guys but it's hard i remember a guy Corey cross remember him yes i can and and hal gill was the same these guys yeah i mean all, I, almost almost disrespectful looking going god these guys can't skate but it you could it, you there was nowhere to go it's, it's just a physics game it's a yeah. different game it's and they a, just went it's literally night and day it really is yeah you know it just, I've never played. I never in my, you know, whatever my day to, when I played and I never played overseas, but I can well imagine. And I was a skater and I could wheel. I don't mind saying I could really wheel. And if I went over there, I'm looking at all that ice to skate on. I probably would perform much, oh, much you better, you loved but it's it. a different game. It's just a different it. game. Yeah. I still, I honestly, I prefer it over here. It's 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 uh, the game over there. You would think honestly, oh, absolutely. You would More think because sure. it's so it's so big. No, yeah. senior, it can be, but it, it it can be, but for some reason, I I don't know what it is. Maybe there's more touches over here when, when, on the smaller rink. First of all, there's more hitting. There's yeah, more chance that's of that. The whole thing. I over, I don't know, but you would think that's why a lot of the guys that come from Europe and it makes total sense are so skilled because. They've got all that ice. They've got all that time to work and whatever. Yeah. But now a lot do come over and still excel. That's Senior. because they're that good. But a lot don't. Not a everybody's. Don't. Not everybody's they Ovechkin. Can't adjust. Ovechkin's better over here. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> did you see that the other night? He put two guys out in Toronto in the same game. No, I didn't. But I mean, Ovechkin's is just off. He's still a different animal. Everybody. He loves the hit. Yeah, he's got. He nine. loves the hit. He's got nine again in eighteen games. Senior, he put two guys out on the Maple Leafs the other night. Just regular hits. And you forget, man, six, four, two, yeah, thirty. You what? don't. You just don't. In yeah. your mind, you're figuring that, like, if you saw a guy six, four, two, thirty, <laughs> yeah. come up there, you say, "Wow!" So you, I don't. You just don't picture a veteran being that big. It's an element that not all those stars have, and some of them are big. And they like Ben is a good fighter, Jamie Ben, but he's not a great hitter. Like I mean, he's okay, but he's not Ovechkin. But you know, for a lot of big guys, they're not such great hitters, and he's as good of a hitter as well because <laughs> he's got such great balance, right? Yeah, you know yeah. he and he's so whereas a guy game. like Kovalchuk came out like the same time is swift, and you know you watch him; it's it's beauty. It's Kovalchuk, like watching an artist that work. European, right there. Yeah, but and I love watching Kovalchuk. But Europe. Probably suits him a bit better. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I'd take Ovechkin any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, me too. And Brower uh, game. I was happy, by the way, I finally got to meet Crosby. And you know what Crosby said? How senior. Did I tell you that? Uh, That's one of the first things he said. I don't know. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks, uh, Sid. I'm sure I'll <laughs> see you at some point in time. But I think an awful lot of you, obviously, in the way you play. And Evgeny. And, and, and uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Penguin fan. Put it that way. Whoa. Totally. Can you imagine those fans? I went down to that game. I was talking to some locals in Pittsburgh, and they're real aware of it, at least the people I talked to. They're like, man, we had Lemieux take us so far, and then all of a sudden Crosby comes in. Like yeah. two generational you talk players. About, uh, yeah, an embarrassment of riches right there. Yeah. And, they got and, you so know, lucky. Not to mention Malkin and, like we said, yeah. Latang. Who's you know, and the goalies that have come through that have you know, we laugh now. I someone asked me about Matt Murray and, and you know, he sucks in Toronto. I'm like, if he stays, I can kind of see what they were doing. He played in Sault Ste. Marie, they're familiar with him. He got two cups, right? He was injured most of last year, he but was. you know, they've it, to me just Pittsburgh have found a way to do it. NFL Sundays are only getting better. 
And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. With bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, and place a $5 pre-game money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Talking about different sports for a second, we're almost done. Ted Williams, senior. The re- so Ted Williams, for those that don't know, I posted a picture the other day of me and you and him in the uh, 80s when he was here. Yes. I spent an hour talking to him down at St. Pat's Ballpark by oh, myself. Yeah. My just Ted Williams. By yourself. I was myself. with you. I said name three. and older, Wait, wait. Before older, we get into that. Oh, look, look. But he mentioned my hero, Mantle. So he said, Mantle, Mickey Cochran, and Hank Greenberg. Three, he said three great hitters coming through. Oh, it was crazy that because and not and only such that, a gentleman. you hear all these things. Honestly, I've read books. I hear he's an asshole, and he was great. He went out of his way. He was here to fish. He wasn't here for anything to no, do with baseball. He was, but he didn't pull punches. No, he didn't pull punches. Didn't I pull could punches. see how someone would think maybe he's a stubborn old man. Notice way he but was. he was great person. Yeah, he, he came was. down. He I remember him. I, I enjoyed. He showed him. me the bat, and he said words that you've often reiterated he said well he said i'm big so he said i i can hold a big bat and he said remember the longer the lever the more power generated what i I loved he and you you teaching it a science of the game i love the science because he said you can choke up up, i get up hit the ball and but they could explain to you why your feet were there i love knowing the science of the game that and he was and here here a guy was who played i think his 400 season was in 1941 am i wrong I think uh, 1941, yeah, 406. 41. And I think in like in like 15 years later, he hit 388. Like it's not. Yeah. So clearly. But I'm going to interject the, the, the worst ripoff, I think, ever in baseball. People don't know this. The year he hit 406, won the triple crown, lost MVP to Joe DiMaggio because DiMaggio's 61-56 game hitting streak. Won the triple crown, batted 406 and lost to DiMaggio because Williams streak. wasn't liked by the press. He ignored the press, and DiMaggio loved them. Well, you know what? That That's says the biggest a lot. Ri- won the triple crown. You and know, you, and you you're, you don't get MVP. But you know, you Is know this what? Fixed. You know what? It's no, I, he definitely would have deserved it on those numbers, but it's funny because the 56-game streak, that's one of the biggest records in all sports. It's that probably I don't, the greatest ever, I think they say. If you think about it. Yeah. But, but so most years, just like that Otani, like most years, what, oh, this year, I mean, Judge got it this year, right? Or he will. Yes, he did. But every year you could put this guy in the conversation. I think it's, you know, the dynamic. Some years it's like, no one comes close to a triple crown. The leading batter gets 329. You know, it's so, but in recent years, 
these athletic accomplishments almost surpass, uh, transcend the game. Like 56 game hitting streak. If you think about how hard that is to do, but well, it doesn't make you the MVP. No, because no, 406 means you got more hits. No, but, <laughs> so, but, but, and I love, I, I didn't. It's I'm a fun big, little set. I'm not a DiMaggio fan because he was a prick. He had the reputation of being a prick, but it, it, there was the power of the New York press and he played for the Yankees. And, uh, but I never liked him. He, he fucked up Mantle, he, and my hero was Mantle. And I know he had his shortcomings off the field. We all do. But in terms of a pure baseball hitter, his career was done basically at the age of 30. He still hit 536. Who? He, Mantle Okay, did. Mantle, yeah. He's said- still down. You can look up. You can say, well, no, this guy hit it farther. Mickey Mantle in the Guinness World Book of Records, 565 feet, the longest home run ever hit. You go, ah, well, yeah, we, they measured it on the bounce, and after, I'm going by the Guinness World Book of Records. Now, he also, old Yankee Stadium, he hit a ball, and you can't deny this, nearly six inches. There's a big facade, as there is now, but there's a big facade, straightaway center. He hit the facade six inches from putting it out of Yankee Stadium, and the, phys- the physicists were called in angles and figuring stuff out, and they said that ball would have gone over 600 feet. So, no, I know the exact hit you're talking about. So the other day... 4.1, what- people okay. don't know this about Mantle. So I'm interviewed recently, very humble guy, but I think he just wanted it out there. He said, you know, uh, and and I'll tell you, Bob Costas was doing the interview, an old interview, and he said, and Costas idolized mantle he said well mick he said uh, people don't realize that uh he said 3.1 from uh from uh the uh the left side to play 3.1 to get the first base faster than anybody today and he said yeah he said but he said well, if i batted from the right hand side he said i could do it in three five and he said that was a little bit farther and he said yeah he said i, I could get down there when i wanted to 3.1 seconds from home plate to first, you measure it today. No one I'll can tell do you it. something. This is in the fifties and sixties. I'll tell you something um, that is just wild. So, what I love, my favorite thing about recent YouTube, is that they're releasing all these old sports games. Yes, and you can see these players because honestly, I watch a lot of the old vintage hockey. Me too. Yeah. And it's it's easy to say, oh, you know, that it was different, but they're still the best. You can go way back, man, and watch these. Uh, yeah, I, I love the hockey. Bobby Hall stands out to me. I mean, I know you said that. I'm saying they all stand out. Yeah. But when you when you see him live now, and it, no it's question. clearer and clearer. And I watched one HD up. the other day, and he and wound up, and you're up. like, oh, man, this yeah. guy. Yeah. Right? And then he's always got the shot. He's dangling, dangling. Absolutely. But he could be in the corner, and he shoots one up around. Like, it's almost... You can, it's so far ahead of the game because afterwards, goalies got helmets because of it. And, you know, he, the, the, but he, you know, that Hull would do it deliberately. No, I know. The, he would call him a waster. The, yeah. The first, the first time. And he'd waste down, one up by your head. He'd shoot one right at the head. And no first one else shot. senior half the fucking league would, didn't even have a curved stick. No, they didn't. He's coming down and it'd be like, and Hull has it. And then boom, one goes off. The, and no, people are like, I'd whoa. Like to know what yeah. Bobby Hull could shoot. Then I don't know. 101, think Guinness could, World Book Records, 101. That was his. It was one hundred and one with a wooden stick. With a wooden stick. So give him. What if if you look, today. no, they 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 did. They measured Chara's get the hardest ever one hundred and nine something. I bet you hold. And it. no, it, they gave the top whatever, and he was right there. He scientifically, held, they figured it out. Yeah, no, I think they used a radar gun, like a. a, a well, he was shooting with wood. Yeah, I know. So was Ally Afraidy. They did it all, but uh, they like 
he held the record for like 30 years, put okay. it that way. And then McInnes and I afraid he were close. They might have, but I mean, he's doing it not only with Woody's the first one. He's not like he had any choices of he was he was making his own sticks. He was figuring right. out his own way. Even even in my day, they weren't they weren't uh, composite yet. But you could pick a, a you could take an aluminum stick if you wanted. They came in in the eighties right after he was done. Yes. imagine him with an aluminum stick. That's what I'm saying, right? Let alone a composite. What, what would he shoot with the sticks they got today? But hey, hey, listen. The thing I was going to tell you these games. I keep rambling. Um, I was astounded. So Williams comes to the plate, right? It's a game, I think, in the early 50s. Yeah. And, you know, and they're like, here comes Ted Williams. So the infielder going to shift over. And I never knew the shift happened until analytics. He caused the shift. I, yeah, no yeah. idea. Yeah, Did he, he really? He caused the shift. Yeah. So to show in the game and everybody shifts over. I'm like, what? This is 1950. And he was so hard-headed. He didn't care. He just pulled. He yeah. wasn't going to adjust his swing. And he was interviewed. He said, I didn't care. He said, I knew Senior. I knew that I was going to hit the ball. And he said, I knew I was going to get my hit. This is news because to me. Gotta realize, he Mantle would beat out a lot because he was so like bunts or balls that weren't hit hard. Uh, Williams did none of that because he wasn't fast. Yeah. He was lumbering. He was lumbering. But senior, I didn't, I thought the word like shift when it comes to baseball didn't even come in till 10 years ago. No, no, no. They, I don't remember. What did it, it go out of style for 30 years? I don't remember it. seeing it when I watched baseball. I don't well, remember. No, me they did it for William because he was so dead. He was just dead pole and dead pole. Like not yeah. even, not even like up the, the middle dead. Hey, pole. Hey, you the second baseman in between second and first, the second baseman going. was in the outfield <laughs> in, in, in between the, 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 uh, there was shifts, and then this looked even more exaggerated than a modern-day shift. The third baseman was almost that second. The shortstop yes. was where the second baseman would yes. be, and they had just they had the left fielder here. But he still batted 406. Oh, yeah. So picture that. <laughs> so that's my thing. Do you think he could have done it today? Now, the reason I say this, more travel. The greatest hitter ever. He is. More travel. Night games, although I don't know what that would matter. Easier pitching. Pitching, that's my only thing. Pitchers often went nine innings. The rules changed. You got more relief. So 32 teams. More teams As now, opposed to 10 or 12. But you also got more more countries playing. Uh, not like hockey. You do have more there. Dominican? But, yeah, I guess you do. You okay? Puerto I, I, Rico. I would they were more in, more Japanese, each, Korean. They a lot of Dominicans in that. Each now, team yes. now has yeah. You know, Puerto You're Rico right has a league that they farm out of. But again, it's. I, but it's, they had hard to his day too. I mean, Cepeda and yeah, and uh, Marshall. Well, they were all you know. It's just a different. It's it's hard because things change, and there yeah, probably wasn't change. as many people people playing worldwide. Yeah, you're right. So. I, I often it's wonder evolution just of the sport, people which have is asked okay. Me, but in like football and hockey, it's so. Well, cat wants to go out here. One sec. Football and hockey. There's so much interaction between the players, and uh, one second to put the cat out. Um, <laughs> you know, there's. It's physical. You, you you run into it. Baseball. The dimensions have stayed the same. The so, I think. You, on the surface, it's physics. You could almost compare eras a little easier, except when it comes to that, the different people playing. 
the the pitchers. That that's what comes to, to me. Travel night games. I think legends that get over that. Who cares about travel? Yeah. I don't know. It, people always said that. It didn't even bother me in the WHL. Go out, man. It's, it's a profession. You got to be a professional here. That's it. Fucking splash some water on your face. Go play. I don't ever remember being in the third period going. Oh man, the bus ride's really kicking in. I don't <laughs> ever ever remember that. Never. So if you're Ted Williams, I'm sure flight wouldn't matter, but. That's what gets me. These specialists coming in late in the game. Now, would he have? Could he have? I don't really know. If you're the greatest hitter ever, yes, you know he could have. So in recent times. That's not a question. Who would you pick in recent times? I only think of one person, and I don't know if he ever came close. Maybe he did. But who would have been possible to do that that didn't is probably retired? Or maybe that do you think Mike Trout? to do what? Two, two, do you think anybody will hit hitters, 400 again? Three hitters. Ooh. Wow. I think never say never, but the two greatest hitters, uh, one certainly my day, in my day, and the other one was uh, sort of, well, a little bit later, the, the other two, saying? but three, three of the greatest hitters that I can think of recently uh, were Rod Carew. Uh, it's not recent. That's 50 uh, years ago. Okay. Well, okay. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Well, no, in my day, I said he's one in okay, my yeah. day. Uh, uh, George Brett. That was, that was, uh, and George Brett and Tony uh, Gwynn. Tony. Well, Gwynn. no, no, no. You know, you know Brett, what? Brett, uh, more uh, to a less degree than the other two, but don't forget, uh, Carew batted 388 and Tony Gwynn, I think bat and I think Brett might've batted 390. But you know who I think with – I think it's going to take someone with this style. Maybe I'm wrong. But you got to hit it all over the field, I think, now with more spe- – Yeah. Ichiro. Remember the way he he swung the bat? He came close, too. He had a – Did he? It, okay, because oh, I, yeah, I don't – Ichiro. I didn't look it up. He would have – I, I knew he say, hit well. I knew he led it a couple of years. I would say certainly hit 371, if not more than one. In a completely different – I don't know if he 380, but Completely different manner. I'm only saying eight. it because he splattered it everywhere all yeah, over the field. Yeah, but he could do it. You're right. Slap hitter. You don't, yeah. The, the great, to me and is, a great contact hitter. Very little – you've got to be able – don't you can't strike out too much. No, because anytime you hit the ball, it's a potential hit. Yes, and exactly. Ishro hardly struck out. Carew hardly struck out. Uh, Gwyn, I mean, they struck out, but not 120 times. Probably 50, and and Brett, you know, maybe a little bit more. But those are three of the 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 greatest that in recent and 50 years is not even recent. I know, but I don't think anyone has come close in the last 20 to do that. No, I don't either. If you I just bat three thirty, three forty. Now, that's so, like, look, wow. some of these, some of these questions I'm asking you, see, fans and listeners of the podcast send to me. So I'm just kind of do- so. Someone asked me that, and the first th- th- what came into my head was a chero because he slaps the ball. I said, yep. in, 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 I, the game is evolving, but anybody like that that comes along, it's going to be hard. There's still got to be nine people unless they put someone else on the field, unless a major and, and, rule and change it would help. If if the person and Ishra was. Uh, Carew certainly was is fast. Fast, you yeah, know? you're right. You're gonna what? Because you're gonna you got to be fast. Well, if you by the end of the year you're you gonna might beat out fi- ten or fifteen infield yeah. hits, and that could factor in, yeah. and it will factor in. Uh, no, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna tell you a story, Terry, before because this is worth worth noting. Actually, when I was uh, when I was in Minnesota, with two years with the Saints. Or with, with the two under contract, two years with the Saints, 
two camps. And then when I went back, of course, North Stars on my rights, so I went to two year training camps with the North yeah, Stars. Yeah. So when we got in training camp, then I started, it was in almost the same as now, middle of September to whatever. Minnesota Twins would be 125 games out of it. So we yeah, could, yeah. Where, where the North Stars were at the Met was a parking lot, and you walked across the parking lot, and it's twin stadiums where the Twins played. Set about 50, 6,500. You walk in right behind the dugout. Best seat, you know, in the house. And it was California were playing the Twins. And Twins then had Larry Heisel's an MVP. They had Rod Carew. They had a, a pretty good team. The, the Twins had, like I say, Nolan Ryan was pitching. That particular game, he struck out Rod Carew four times in a row. Rod Carew and Rod Carew, the last time he struck out, he looked out, out at the mound, stood at home plate, took his gloves off, put him on home plate, took his helmet off, put it on home plate, and took his bat and laid it on home plate, home plate as more or less an homage to Nolan really? Ryan and just walked in a dug as if to say, man. Four Ks in one Four Ks. Rod See, look, Carew. Look, it was unbelievable. We talked about I'll never this forget it. That's what I – look, I, I understand wanting to save pitchers' arms, but I hate the fact we're not ever going to see another Nolan Ryan. You're never going to see another 300 winner. No. Never a three hundred a win in their career. You're not going to see so another. Unless a guy goes twenty five years. How many complete games are you ever going to see? Never, ever, hardly ever. Now None. The game has changed too, right? And to oh me, man, I, to me. And now, what about all these guys? Nolan Ryan, all these guys thrown three hundred plus innings, never in arm trouble. I now know. you've got Steven Strasburg. What was the most he ever threw? Two hundred careers over. That's what I mean. Like, never. So he never ever. There's got to be something to overtraining. And his arm is gone. And how look. I understand, and they ended up. Oh, Dusty Baker, they they ended up doing it, but it was so sad to me to watch a no hitter in the playoffs and four guys share it. It's I'm like, a, and it's not a no hitter. I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's a game with no game hits. Don't even look about. No, even the pitch it's not a no itself wouldn't look about. No, it. no, no. It's a it's a game with no hits. But yeah. but but and I again, you can't. They won, but I'm like. Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to see? Of course. Like it's six innings. Like go another three. I don't know. But I get it. I get it. You're going to throw six innings and that's it. And you're, we'll say, I don't know. You're one of the best on the go. And there's nothing wrong. But, you know, you've thrown 95 pitches and uh, and it's accepted. And okay? I can't. Yeah. I, that senior wasn't. It was like uh, 82 pitches. Yes. It easily, you're like at least maybe he goes in and I forget. I, you know the situation I'm talking about. It happened this year in the playoffs. I, yes. I forget who started. Yes. But it oh, was I'll no tell you, problem. I think who started all this. Didn't the Tampa Bay Rays start all this nonsense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they were going by. Oh, God. And they were winning. The key was they were winning. They went to the World Series twice. And Blake, they were uh, guys Blake. that all of a sudden their coach is a cash or whatever. It was a genius. And uh, all of a sudden, well, not so much of a genius this year. Look. But to me, it ruined the game. Sometimes it it's going it. to work. Sometimes it won't. Every time now analytics works, everybody pumps it. And you forget that there's people like, you know what? And you know who's a team player? And you just look at him a couple times, though, that fucking can't stand analytics is that Manoa for the Jays. He's a big guy. You can tell he wants yeah. to do it. He's a horse. Without a doubt. And he, he gets warmed up. And when yeah. he, he starts to get addicted to that ad adrenaline in the sixth or seventh yeah. inning, yes. you can tell him. And some people thrive off it. Yes, they do. And you're like, take him out. Yeah. He wants to eat that fucking plate. Like, yeah. And he, they take him out, and he's on a high, and it's just because of a pitch count. And then it's just it, it's so anticlimactic. No matter what happens with the game, you're like, okay. And then you got to wait. 
uh, you know, if I, I could do without that. And some of these guys, Nolan Ryan, also, he was better in the second half of the game. Documentary on him the other day. There's one game, he threw 180 pitches. Yeah. Never had an arm problem. Now I know he's the and, exception. I know he's an anomaly. But still, and I know whatever. But we wouldn't even know who he is now. It certainly wasn't uncommon for pitchers back then to be throwing 120, 130. No, that that wouldn't be the that'd be the norm. Or or guys that <laughs> now some some managers are different. But I hate now you look on and they're like, and, and you just know a guy's not going to steal because of the analytics. But sometimes you look at the pitcher. Sometimes I don't even have to be a speed demon. I just figure out the situation on my own. Or maybe the coach does and gives me a sign from third base, you know, steal on the next pitch. And now it's just like, well, we know they're not going to steal in this situation. Yes. <laughs> no, but but even even now it's it's becoming rarer and rarer to get a 20-game winner because how many guys are being taken out in yeah. the sixth they're ahead. They win the game you started, and yeah. they win. But the, yeah. they brought in the bullpen, gave up the gave up the lead. Yeah. I don't get the win, and I end up with seventeen yeah. wins at the end of the year. I should have had twenty three. Yeah, yeah. And then, how they many, win the game how that many you started. Game but you winners don't get this win. year too. Yeah. I, I couldn't name them for you. It used to be the benchmark. You used to wait, and you know, what Verlander he won with seventeen e wins. Everybody, Cy Young. There was a time that. It, it would have been rare if you're up for the Cy Young that you didn't get 20 wins. Oh, no, I, I couldn't. Right? I, Everybody I on both you, sides. 3-3, 2020, 2020, 2020. It was rare for a pitcher to win a Cy Young not with 20 wins. I know. Now. Rare. Rare. What would you do with Verlander? He's 39. He just had a wicked year and he but got he his can, win in the world. He still do it. You'd sign him. For a year. Well, I, I, I want the Yanks to go for him, but I think he sold on Houston. They gave him a chance and he came back with him. You'd sign him a year, maybe two. And what do you think? It. What do you think now of Houston? You know, I hate to say it, but I'm an American League fan. So no matter who's there in the American League, Boston Red Sox are my, they're my, you know, Amy Nance Grease, Grease, <laughs> which they... is you know your your villain. But they got in when they got in the World Series. I I pumped because I want the American League to win. I was a Yankee fan since I'm. Six, seven years old, Mantle, Maris, uh, uh, Lopez, uh, Barra, whatever, and I carry it through. And this year, for the first time, I was split because I love, I hated him at first, believe me, but I grew to love him because I said, he's such a gamer, is uh, Bryce. I know. I love him. I now. know what you mean, yeah. And I wanted him, but when I looked at Houston, I said I'm in a win-win, you know, because if Philadelphia wins and Harper wins, I'm I'm glad for him. And <laughs> but if Houston wins, they're American League. But you got to give credit where credit's due. They won it this year, and they were so dominant. Their pitching is so good. Why would they lose it next year? Harper picked Philadelphia. It takes. Like you know, I know there, but no, if he could have got such money. Such a gamer! Everywhere. Did you see? But I love that he picked see? Philly. He's got an operation it, it, now on his elbow. He was, they don't know if he's going to be ready for spring training. He was at the Golden Knights game night the other night. He loves hockey. And I love that too. I love yeah, that. He didn't. He just got into it now that he lives there. And anyway, yeah. they they showed him. Can you him imagine him as a hockey player? He'd be a dog. I know. He'd I, love it. Like he'd be the type. You're no. There'd be no. No, no one would intimidate. I don't know how good he would be. I, I, I'm sure he would because it was his hand to eye would, you know, you skating. Okay. You can't. That's a matter of that's not hand yeah. to eye. But if he, 
I could, I could hey, see him being a Crosby or Lemieux. He's totally got. He's, he's he, that good. He's a gamer. Yeah. In a in a sport that's so poo pooed a lot of the time, he doesn't look for any of that no, shit. No, and I, I, I admire him <laughs> yeah. so much now. Um, but yeah, and I, I was talking about this on another podcast recently. And someone said, yeah, well, you know, he went for the money. He could have got that money anywhere. In this anywhere. era, people go to, if they're going to go to yeah. anywhere that has snow, they're going to New no, York. They made a good choice. They right? go to the World Series. Or they'll go San Diego or L.A. Yeah. Or just look where people go. It was not the Yankees. It's some tropical climate. And he chose. He did? Uh, Philly, that says something. And, and I was glad that because they they pulled off almost a miracle. But he, baseball, they'll let you know if you're not playing the boo. You know, yeah, but no, Philly's bad enough as a, as is, a sports it town. Is, it is. You pick a baseball, it is. man. But I got to be honest. Town, if, if you perform, they absolutely. But they got the reputation as being like they'll <laughs> they'll start booing you, like you know, in the second inning if you haven't got a hit. Final question: There are reasons that people don't know. I'm going to bring away where we're on baseball. Who do you think was a bigger dickhead, Joe DiMaggio or Ty Cobb? Oh, Ty Cobb was, he was, I mean, I've read books on Ty. He was a big hey, racist. Hey, man. Pe see, Played against no, no black. You know what? That's why I, see, I, I really don't like his Cobb. name. His name, I was mentioning this also recently to some baseball fans. Me and Penny Lane were at the game up in Toronto just having a chat. And <laughs> I brought up, and people say that because they're all names. They, Hard to say they, anything, anything but they me to say anything possible. But they brought Ty up Cobb. his name amongst Ruth and Gehrig and all those, yeah. and I'm like, but you know Cobb. Like, well, 12, okay. 12 batting championships, uh, you know, obviously but he was great. This guy, A, would try to hurt you. It's one thing. He okay. would. Just on the surface, really, really spike you bad and try yeah. to hurt you. But there are players that have done that. Yeah. And he was really racist. Like, yes. there's racist, and then there's, like, have a gun in my shed racist. Yes. Like, this guy was, and I read, you know, I just finished He went book. into the stands and tackled and started yeah. to beat up. A disabled man, because yep. a disabled man yelled at him. That's it. A senior. I, I mean, it's absolutely this. knowing that the guy was. And yeah. this is the. So I read one of your old books, right? It was actually a book. It was on. Like, I got one called Cobb, and it's really, okay. really good. Well written. How was the movie? I never watched the movie. Tommy, Tommy uh, Lee Jones did a great job. Tommy Lee Jones did a yeah. great job on on Cobb. I'll have to watch that because I didn't look. I heard he was a dick. I heard, and you know, I I don't. I'm not. Do you racist know how didn't many, surprise me when he came how many, out. But. How many of his teammates showed up at his at his burial? Backup catcher, one. Yeah. One. Backup catcher showed up uh, at his – there was four so, people, and it, when they buried him, he was So remember just, this. I, he, I, was, I, he was despised. So the book I just read, I forget this guy's name, but you must know the story. He went to interview him later in life. He was uh, he was like at his cabin in the woods somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And it, whatever it was, and this guy went in, and he's like – are you fucking serious? And he was still throwing out like he was yeah. like right to his, you know, the N words, uh, you know, how, how, how good he was. And this when guy, he was nearly when he was dying of cancer, of stomach cancer, which he died from they, uh, uh, a, a, a writer or a journalist asked him, said, Ty, is there anything you would have done differently? Uh, when you look back on your life and his answer was, I would have made more friends. Wow. He had no friends. None. None. He was alone. How, but how could you be? Yeah. <laughs> had all the money because he invested at the beginning of his career, right? He invested in this new thing that's coming out called Coca-Cola. He he owned he millions in Coca-Cola and General Motors. He was one of the very first ones to get in. And 
and, you know, just Coca-Cola a, sh- started a shitty in team eight, in 1880 and surround Cobb, you know, 1900s, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Even his teammates, like, you know, it's one thing. Again, it's one thing to be a jerk. One, backup catcher. One. Yeah, his teammates after the game, don't just don't ask me a question about Ty. He's, he's an asshole. Don't yeah. ask me any more questions on him, please. Uh, and I just didn't realize that anybody could be that polarizing. That was that great. They must have been just, just shutting up, looking the other way. And he was out there winning batting championships. Twelve. Wow, the, one of the biggest assholes ever. And there's more to it. And it's in an era that, you know, I'm not, racism's bad, but I could, you know, there were racists playing. There were people that were ignorant highest, playing. There were, with the highest but he, ever. he was the king asshole. Yeah. Like everything he said. And they asked him one question about being at a game and, and you know, something about the crowd. And his answer involved women shouldn't be able to vote. And oh, you're no. like, what? No, you're, you're talking 19, you know, or turn the century. But, but still, for for why, that, it why, was a weird thing to say. Else saying that it was a weird thing it. to say. Yeah, it was just a weird thing to say. Yeah. If you go back and look at his answers, because you only hear snippets, and you and some of them are creative. You'll hear like, what? There's a catcher that got a bunch. Johnny Bench, maybe. You know of the old baseball quotes, because Cobb has a lot of those quotes. But if you look at the interviews. He's just being an asshole in one way or another every single time. He calls his own players out. Well, I would have had a hit there, but you know, calling out his team, he, he wasn't around in second. But like he's he's calling out his own teammates. Well, he he won, I think, six or seven in a row. His teammate won it and break up the streak. You know, instead yeah. of went and he criticized his teammate, saying, "Yeah, the guys, whatever." They knew I was battling, whatever, and they'd play back and give him infield hit. His own teammate, he criticized. Senior, I'm going to leave you with this one question because we got to go and watch uh, Penny Lane play volleyball right now. Uh, who is your most admired hockey coach of all time? Not that you had, just in the NHL. Say. Coach? Yeah. Wow, I got to think that cut me off guard. I sort of admire, and you you talk about, and you would have known this, talk around French players and whatever. I admired Toe Blake. Mm. I only read about him. He seems Having like a great guy. Having said that, the other side was Punch Imlock, whom I just despised. He was, you read books on him, and he was just, an, he, well, Frank, Frank Mahabali caused him to have a nervous breakdown, but you never read anything like that about Toe Blake. No, I... And he was running championships off, but... I hadn't read his book. I, I read he comes up in other books. I just read that Rocket one again. You know the movie. I, I read the book. No, again. you were around people when you were there with, around Bellevue yeah. and Cornwallis, and they all had him. And I'm sure They're nothing but positive. I've I've heard nothing now, but positive Bowman stuff, but I don't more, know. But they, Bowman was a prick. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember asking Steve Shutt, whom I played against in junior with the Marlboros, and Shutt was one five or six, and he'd say, yeah. He said, I remember coming in, Scotty Pasha. How you doing, Scotty? Walk right by That's you. But he said, when it came at the end of the year and you were getting your ring and your bonus, then it was okay. But he walked right by him. Well, ignore you. Something to be said. It'd bring the team close together, I guess. You, had a, you know, if you had a guy like that coach. And okay, no, he just kept you on edge all the time. Uh, anything else to add or what? You got nothing to promote. Um, I got no uh, skin in this game. I'm just... Uh, okay. I'm just going, I'm just, uh, you know, taking taking life easy and getting up and going for my walk. And Stay tuned, folks. We might, and going to watch uh, Penny Lane right now play volleyball and soccer. We might, we might be at the Winter Classic in Boston uh, in a couple months, so stay tuned for that. 
senior get you back to Boston. Did you like playing there? Yeah, I loved it. I and I played in Old Boston Garden. Ah, and uh, that was a dump. I mean, walking yeah, going nice downstairs, let's, uh, sitting down, and they had these uh, the, the radiators they had were the uh, the kind I, I heard they were metal, like you know, it was like blasting all the time. Sweat go up now. In terms of tradition, it was came right. It was like um, a bit like Detroit Olympia. Olympia came straight out, and you could almost look straight down. Well, Boston Garden was like that. It was like. Old time and historic and whatever, but did you, it was a dump. Did you know that I played the last game in the Boston Garden? No. Did no, I ever tell you that? There's something that's that I'd like to be able to say that. So they they bumped it up. It was exhibition. It was yeah. Exhi okay. It doesn't matter. I think it, it. I think at first it was called the Fleet Center when it when it transferred over. It did. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the Fleet Center wasn't ready and whatever happened, they were going to do it at the end of the year, but they planned it. So it was, and it was the Habs versus Boston, obviously. Yeah. And it was lit, lit, me and Brad Brown. Wow. We were still, we got there late. So you were in the same, probably in the same dressing room yeah, I, I was in because the visitor dressing room, I'm sure it didn't change. Yeah, we, we had to be. I, we didn't, I, I don't Can't remember, remember much about the game. To, oh, of course. And, and, the, and the dressing room just like right out of the, I'm sure it was built. Oh, it was twenties or thirties. Honestly, right it. it was like if a rat ran across the yeah, floor, I wouldn't have been. You heard the was, stories about rats? I thought they were exaggerated. I'm like, no way, they're not exaggerated. But but now you'd know. Now you'd now you'd know how hard it would be there with a team with Esposito and Orr with that crowd going mad. How it would be so hard to win in yeah. there. Yeah, uh, totally. And uh, now Montreal managed to do it. That's why I think, look, that's another, we'll, we'll start there next yeah. time. Those late Montreal yeah. teams of the 70s, yeah. I know they're fast, and they're, they're, people say the Flying Frenchman, but it's a little bit misdirected, man, because misrepresentative, they were real tough. They had to beat, first they of were, all, the Flyers. No question. And Flyers were yeah. obvious because they were the Broad Street Bullies, but there were a lot of tough teams. Boston were in their division. Boston were yeah. killers. Anyway, Montreal. But they were for a while shoving Montreal around, but then Montreal started drafting. I know they drafted one guy right after me. Biggest shit kicking I ever, ever got in my life. He hit me with a left over my eye and opened me for 15 stitches. My left eye nearly broke my back on the back of the net first, first of all, okay? Uh, I came up throwing Rick Chartra. Yeah. Rick six Chartra. one, six two, two fifteen, a Greek god. They brought him in, three or four cups, put him up right wing. Right wing. He was a defenseman. Yeah, it worked out for him because he, they, then then they brought in they got Robinson to be a little bit more. Then he brought in the real Gilles Lupien. They they started to bring in tough guys so that you weren't taking liberties. Yeah, they did, but it's it's often lost in in the Yvonne stories Lambert, of history. He yeah, never noted for fighting, but yeah, no one fought tough. him. But he was tough, big guy. He oh yeah. Remember he owned the restaurant when I was up oh, there? Oh, yeah, I met him. But you look at his hey. hand, and he was like, no one fooled around with Yvonne Lambert because they knew he was so strong. And senior, look, you're going to love this. We got to take off, but you're going to love this. You know who called yesterday? Who phoned me? Let me read. Oh, my God. Ray Jean Houle. Yeah, because I... I Fascinating. I called uh, the office Fascinating. Like two weeks ago because I said, Penny Lane... If we can go up to a game, like I, she gets it now yes. with Montreal. I said, yeah, I'll try to take you to a game. So Jeremy Charles is going up Super Bowl weekend in February. Oh, okay. So I said, I'll try. So I called the office. I don't need, again, I didn't expect. Anyway, Reggie called me back yesterday morning. Terry, how are you? It's so good to talk. Honestly, I, you know what? I know, but yeah, but senior. No, no, it's very nice of him. Absolutely. 
Well, I'm That's saying classy. very nice. I know, but what I'm saying is that I don't think I'll ever get to a point that I enjoy Michelle Terrian's company. I don't oh, know. No, but you but, shouldn't. I mean, no, that's, but, that's the way it is. Well, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that Reggie, I think, made some bad decisions, but I never got this bad negative feeling from him. I didn't no, hate him. he wasn't a bad guy. And he, you know, obviously things could have gone different, but they didn't. And, like, this is where we're stuck, and he seemed great. He was very genuinely interested. Yeah. Uh, he said, JF is up coach coaching in Laval, gave me his number. And said, "Hey, we're going to get you some and tickets I think, for sure." Uh, Ool, isn't Ool a, a head of the alumni Montreal? Yeah, Canadian that's why I phoned. That's why I thought. You know? But I, I would have had no idea how to get get a hold of him or well, anything. I know, but classy. I just phoned the get office. Get back to you right away. It's pretty. Yeah, classy. yeah. I mean, he, I mean, who are you? You know what I'm saying. He doesn't you do know? that with all the players. He no. just yeah. So anyway, we spoke for about half hour. That's great. And uh, that's great to hear. Yeah, and he asked how you were. Oh yeah. And anyway, commented on a few of the guys, and he said, "I'd love to see you." So if you come on up, he said, "You're going to bring your daughter." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, you got." We'll take her right down to the dressing room and show her where you used to where you used to get ready for the game. Wow. So that's, that'd honestly, be, that'd be marvelous. And if you think about it, I hung up the phone and Penny Lane was there. I said, "Who is that?" I could tell you were you know talking about us going to Montreal. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. "That was the general manager when I played there." Yes. I said it's wild. And if you really think about it, if if things had worked out there differently, yeah, I wouldn't have Penny Lane. No, I played oh, no, recklessly. No, it's all, it, you know, like I believe in. There's a, <laughs> I could have gotten a bad concussion. There's, like yeah, you never there's know. things, things right. that happen in life that you don't know is beyond your control. You're saying, why did that happen? I don't know. I'm if not I, super, super religious, but I am spiritual, and I do believe in something that guides something. me. I do believe in that. Look, I'm sitting here now, healthy. We got a great daughter. Exactly. If I hadn't played one you, game, exactly. it would have bothered me. Yeah, I agree. Right? Like me, I never. Well, knowing I was, you got the, to, I didn't. But you, you had the same kind of asterisk because you, you did. But you, WHA wasn't there. You would have. Oh no, we would have. Right. Been, well, I mean, so you play top NHL level. Team, California Golden but, Seals. I said that before. Hockey DB puts WHA at the same place as the NHL. Oh yeah. Right. Well, all I know is half our team were U.S. Olympians. Now you yeah. picture that today. Senior. They're all NHLers, and the other the rest were all NHLers. From Senior. Philly, from Minnesota, from St. Louis, whatever. So, but I still would love to have said, "Did you play in the NHL?" Well, you know, I played in the WHA. Did you know? And that bothers me to this day. I didn't play one. Well, because I know I was good, and by that time, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I don't mind. I've got four hundred and eighty <laughs> more minutes in the NHL. Is all, but at that's least I it. can say that. <laughs> and that's it. Anyway, it's all good. We're happy where we are. Things that's are, it. you know, who knows if. We'd be part of the Chicklets universe if Shorzy would be going on. Absolutely. <laughs> Elena would be happy. Biz, if you get this, hi, and everyone, and and Wits, and uh, and uh, R.A., and uh, everyone. Hey. Just hopefully we'll see you soon. We might see you guys soon. Okay, folks, thanks for tuning in. Pitbull Pain Relief. Those pain sticks I've been talking about used to be Kodiak. I swear by them. Uh, THC slash CBD infused, but they are great. I promise you that. Pitbull Pain Relief. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com for more info. Mr. Lube, two, two locations in St. John's on Torbay Road and Cam Mount Road. Check it out, Mr. Lube. Live, love, lube. Power conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. I'm there three times a week. I swear by it. I've never felt uh, better in my body and mind. Check it out. Power conditioning for your body and mind. I highly, highly recommend. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's this weekend, why not? Check out TJ's, Rob Roy, Greensleeves Pub, Trinity Pub, or the Bull and Barrel. And, of course, if you're going for a bite to eat, check out my favorite spots, Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and, of course, who could forget Wedgwood Cafe at the end of Elizabeth Avenue. They also do catering. Check it out from my buddy Peter Wedgwood. Folks, thanks for tuning in. 
to episode 129B of Tales with Tierra. True hockey, take what's yours. Be back in a few days. Catch you guys on the rebound.